Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today, that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CVC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. Happy Palm Sunday, everyone. Happy Palm Sunday. This is the day that we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem over 2,000 years ago as he came riding on a donkey and they began to lay palm fronds at his feet and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Yeah? And the religious leaders said, hey, don't let them cry out. Jesus said, if they stopped, even the rocks would cry out because they know who Jesus is. And this morning, rocks aren't crying out because we're crying out. Amen? Amen? As we say, welcome, Lord Jesus, come into your kingdom. It belongs to you. Uh, we are, this is the beginning of Holy Week, for those who know that, uh, leading up to Friday, Good Friday, the Friday that Jesus paid for our sins, that Jesus, Jesus, and he laid his life down, he surrendered it, no one took it from him, he, he laid it down for you and I, for your sin and my sin. He went to the cross for us, he was beaten for us, he was nailed to the cross for us, he paid the price that we, we deserve. And we remember, and not only do we remember his death, but we remember his resurrection from the dead. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, it would be all for nothing. He'd be like any other religious leader still in their tombs, but he's still, he's alive, he's risen, and he's moving and he's speaking and he's moving today. Amen? Amen. We're, we're, uh, we've been in a series called Follow, learning what it means to be a follower of Jesus so that we can fulfill the one command Jesus gave us after he came back from the dead. He gave all those who would follow him, he told them, as you are living, as you are going, make disciples. And we're looking at that still today. What does it mean to make disciples? And this Sunday, I'm going to go into a more focused, in-depth portion into our follow series, into the broader spectrum of follow. We're going to be looking at learning to love like Jesus loves, learning to be loved by Jesus. And the major part of being, a major part of being a follower of Jesus is loving like he loves. Did you know that? It's not just feeling good. It's not about just only getting your sins forgiven. It's becoming Jesus in the world, being his hands and his feet, learning to love like he loves. Because Jesus said, John 13, 34, he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And it seems pretty simple, doesn't it? That's pretty, that's pretty cut and dry. As I have loved you, you go and love one another. Because Jesus desires for us to love like he loves. But here's the problem. This is what we're going to talk about today. See, I think many of us struggle to recognize and to fully understand the ways that Jesus loves us. I think a lot of us struggle with understanding how Jesus actually loves us. Even those who've been raised in the church, I've been raised in the church my entire life, this idea of having to earn my place in the kingdom has been subtly and quietly ingrained into me. And I don't know about you, but that's something that I've experienced. Feeling like, okay, I know God loves me, but... There's things I got to do. I got to get, the way I got to get his attention, I got to earn something from him. Anybody else ever have that experience? See, it's not just the outside world that has a skewed understanding of God's love. Even in the church today, we can have a skewed understanding of how much God loves us. You could be raised in the church your entire life, your whole life, and not have a clear picture of God's love for you displayed through his son, Jesus. So in this series, I want to start by talking about how a follower of Jesus learns to be with him and learns to listen. We, when we kicked off this follow series, that's the first two steps we looked at, learning to be with Jesus 
and then learning to listen to him. Because we can't be like somebody that we're never around. But when you surround yourself with somebody, I mean, think about the people that are influential in your life. Those, those friends that you're always with, you're, you're kind of like them, don't you think? And we, we want to be followers of Jesus. We call ourselves Christians, but that says we're Christ-like. And a lot of us aren't spending time with Christ, so how can we say we're like him when we're never around him? So we have to learn to be with him, and then we have to learn to listen to him. But the reason we started it off that way is because when we learn to be with Jesus and learn to listen to his voice, then we begin to live out our faith, not out of obligation, not because it's the right thing to do, but because we've tasted and seen of his goodness and his love, and we want more of it. And think about, have you ever had a friend that was so kind, so thoughtful, so encouraging, so uplifting that every time you spent time with them, you appreciated them more and more, and you even wanted to take on some of their characteristics? I have a friend like that. He's a missionary in Mexico. We talk once a week, and every time I talk to him, I feel encouraged. I'm like, man, I love, I love talking to you, man. I love hanging out with you. Oddly enough, he says the same thing about me. I'm like, I don't, I don't believe that part, but I believe my... I love what you're doing. I love your passion. I love your zeal. I love how you love people. I want to be more like that. Jesus is like that, but better. And the problem with many churches and many Christians is that we haven't emphasized being with Jesus enough. We haven't emphasized walking in the Holy Spirit enough. And so people have gotten the wrong understanding of what it looks like and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So instead of being uh, uh, bringing all of our mess and all of our sin and all of our junk and all of our brokenness to Jesus we just and laying it at his feet, we, we, we confuse it and we look around at what people are doing and we look how people are living and instead of just being in our mess with Jesus, we begin to put masks on and we pretend, we fake like we've got things together because everyone else seems like they've got it together too. And so then we think, well, this is what it means to be a Christian. and this is a, So we start dressing this way, we start acting that way without ever there being an internal transformation of our hearts because we haven't emphasized being with him. And so we have a form of godliness, but we deny its power because we don't believe it's actually transforming us. We think we're doing it on our own. We think that I just got to make better choices. I just got to do better things. I just got to try harder and be better, and I'll just make it. And that's, that's a mistake that we've allowed people to believe in the church for too long. And that's why people begin to fall away because they thought, man, I'm trying, but I just can't cut it. And if it's all about my effort, I'm not going to make it. And instead of emphasizing that, no, bring everything you have and sit at Jesus' feet and allow the Holy Spirit, by being in his presence, to radically transform you and wash you and purify you and cleanse you and give you his holiness and clothe you in his righteousness. See, we've allowed people to believe a lie even in the church that leads to confusion about how much he loves us. And all of a sudden it becomes about our ability to become perfect, to be without sin, to be, to be those who don't mess up. It becomes about our performance for God, to God, and as a way of showing him and others that we're good Christians. I, I, I mean, I serve. I'm in ministry. I give, I do all of these things. Look at how good I am. All the while, we've never just sat in his presence and allowed him to transform us from the inside out. And instead, we just change one filthy rag for another. All of a sudden, being a follower of Jesus embraces the saying, the ends justify the means. What do I mean by that? I mean that 
People say, it doesn't matter how I begin to look more like Jesus as long as I look more like him to those around me and to God. But that's not the truth. Because faking it until you make it, attitude is not going to fly in the kingdom of God. See, we don't want people just putting on masks of Christianity. We've had that for centuries, and it's changed nothing in our world. Our world is still broken. People are still hurting. And they look to the church and they say, they're just as fake as I am. Because they worship and they raise their hands on Sunday, they go home and they beat their kids and scream and yell at their wives and still on the workplace and cheat on exams. And there's no difference than me. And the reason that is is because we've not been in the presence of Jesus and just sat and allowed him to do the work inside of us. He said he would make us fishers of men and women. He would do the work. We have to just be close to him. And the problem is when he now begins to say, the way I've loved you, I want you to love others. When that happens, we don't fully understand how he loves us. We can't fully understand how he wants us to love people. And our love has been twisted. Those who have that kind of mindset look around, see how I'm supposed to be acting, see what I'm supposed to be doing, so I just try harder to be better, and I stuff down all my junk in my life that needs to be dealt with because I'm supposed to look like Jesus right now. And I can't have issues, and I can't have mess-ups, and I can't have struggles. I can't bring that out. I don't know how to do it, so I just got to push it down and pretend like everything's okay. And so many people are walking around today in the church with deep trauma and wounds that have never been dealt with because they've always thought, I just got to present myself in a good light. See, we would rather in this church have a confession that says, I'm a mess. My life's a mess. My thoughts are a mess. My desires are a mess. My desires are sinful. So I better spend time with Jesus. I better, to, I better learn to be with him. I better learn what he says about me and who I am. I need to sit at his feet and learn to listen and to obey his voice or else I'm stuck in this. I better get into community with believers that will help me walk with Jesus so that I can draw close to him. I better get real with people about what's going on or else there's always going to be walls between me and them. And you're not going to fully understand his love for you. So many of us don't understand God's love for us because we think we have to earn his love. We have to earn his acceptance. We have to earn his approval. But the reality is, if you've asked Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, right now, right now, it is evident that you are deeply loved, that you are completely forgiven, that you are fully pleasing, that you are totally accepted by God and that you are absolutely complete in Christ Jesus right now. And even as I say that, some of you say, no, it's, that's not true. That's the spirit of religion, friend, that says I have to earn my place in the kingdom. I have to earn his love. I got to earn his acceptance. I have to earn his approval. No, you don't. Not one bit. See, the reality is, it's not by your performance or your good deeds that earn you God's love. It's because of Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection that you have full acceptance into the kingdom when you ask for it. If you're writing notes down today, I want you to write this first point down. You are accepted because of Jesus' performance, not your own. 
You are accepted because of Jesus' performance, not your own. My friend Daniel, in the book Follow that he wrote, he wrote this, and I loved it. He said, I believed, Daniel also was raised in the church his whole life, said, I believe that my worth in life and with God was dependent on me being perfect. So I worked really hard to be perfect, but I couldn't do it. I always felt defeated and unloved. And many of you today, if you have that mindset that you think you have to earn your place with God, you have to earn his love for you, you feel this way too. Defeated, unlovable. Because no one can be perfect. Only Jesus. See, the reality is God's approval and acceptance of you is not based on your performance or your perfection. It's based on Jesus' performance and his perfection. And newsflash, he's perfect. So you have perfect acceptance. You have perfect forgiveness. You have perfect love in Jesus right now. If you continue to believe the lie that God will only love you if you never mess up or if you only do all the performing things for him, you'll always feel like you've never been good enough and you'll never have a full acceptance of him. And you'll never fully understand his love for you. And consequently, because of that, then you'll struggle to love people also. Because your love for people will be conditional because you think God's love for you is conditional. And we can say God's love is unconditional. And we can say it till we're blue in the face. But do we believe his love is unconditional? That means with, without condition, right? We don't need an English degree to know that unconditional means there are no conditions to God's love for you. You don't have to perform to receive it. You don't have to act in certain ways to get him to love you. You don't have to jump through the hoops of religion to earn something from God. There's a donut shop here in town that I love. I love it. The guy makes the best donuts, and he's always half asleep because he starts working at like 2 in the morning. And I always walk in there, and he's like, you're back. I'm like, always. I love donuts. You know, my kids, are, really, I'm just like, my boys, they got to have donuts and throw an extra one in for me. But I look around his shop, and he has Buddhas everywhere with offerings to him, money and food and gifts adorned to these statues, trying to earn the favor of a God who cannot hear him. And we look at that and we think, man, how sad. And then we go home and we think that we have to pray to a God who doesn't really love us. And we have to jump through hoops to try to get his attention. We have to lay certain things down just so that he'll love us. That's not why we do it. I don't serve God to try to earn something from him. I serve him because he loved me first. He saw me in my brokenness. He saw me in my, in my, my sinful life. And he loved me first. So I'm responding to his love, not to earn it, but because he's already freely given it. And because his love is, towards me is unconditional, and when I fully embrace that, then as his love flows through me, then I can love people unconditionally. I don't care what you've said, what you've done, how you've acted, what, where you're living at now, what kind of sin you're walking in now. My love for you is unconditional because the Father's love for you is unconditional. And even in my struggle... He fills me with his love to love again. Now, maybe you're thinking, Pastor, that sounds good, but I don't know if that's in the Bible. Well, it is, friends. It is. You know how much I love the word of God. I'm not going to tell you something that's not found in here. So let's go to it. Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, starting in verse 32. This is where Jesus has been betrayed by Judas. He's been abandoned by his disciples. Those who said, even Peter said, I'll go with you even if they attack you. I'll go with you. And he fled for his life. 
That he was, Jesus was falsely arrested, he's beaten, and now he's being led to where they're going to kill him on the cross. And verse 32 says this, two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. And Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments and the people stood watching. But the ruler scoffed at him, saying, You saved others, let him save himself, if you are the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. Verse 39. Then one of the criminals who was hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? Since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he turned to Jesus and said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Let me ask you, what did the criminal do to earn God's acceptance and approval? What good deed did he perform to get God's attention? The answer is nothing. Nothing. This is what saved him. Verse 41 says this, I deserve death. Jesus does not. I deserve the punishment that I'm due. He doesn't deserve it. I have sin in me. That needs to be punished. But Jesus was sinless. So he owned his sin. He says, I need a savior. Then he asked Jesus to remember him when he came into his kingdom. Probably one of the greatest statements of faith you'll read in the Bible. Because Jesus is literally hanging there on the cross, bleeding and dying. And he looks over and says, I recognize you are a king and you have a kingdom and it's not of this world. Can you imagine the disciples that walked with Jesus for three years abandoned him when he was being tortured? This man being tortured with Jesus, the great faith to say, I know this is not your end, and I don't want it to be my end either. Man, it's profound. It's powerful. When all those who knew him ran when they saw him, when they took him and arrested him, this man being hanged with Jesus saw that Jesus was the Son of God. What saved this criminal was that he asked Jesus to save him. That was it. Remember me when you enter into your kingdom. He believed that Jesus was who he said he was. He recognized he needed a savior, and he asked him, and Jesus replied, today you'll be with me in paradise. That's powerful too, friends. Because some of us come out of a culture and a belief system that says even after you die, you still have to earn your way into heaven. Some of us come out of a culture and a belief system that says, uh, yeah, Jesus saved you, but you're still not good enough. you got to go into a place called purgatory to pay for your, your sin as a penance to earn your way to heaven still. It's not true. Thank you. I was going to say something else. It's not true. Lord, check me. Thank you. The Lord's still working on me. It's not true. How do we know it's not true? Jesus said today, not, hey, 
you're just knowing me right now, and you got a lot to pay for. So you're going to go to a place called purgatory. You're going to be held out there. You're going to have to go through a lot. You're probably going to have to carry a stone on your back for a thousand years. You're going to have to feel the weight of your sin for a while. And then when you feel like you've had it, or when you, your family pays enough to get you out, hello, then you can go to heaven with me. It's a lie. Jesus said, today you'll be with me. Why? Because his love is that powerful. His blood is that powerful. His forgiveness is complete. His forgiveness is full, and it's true. This is the reality of Scripture, friend. This is the reality of how much God loves us. The church has manipulated people for such a long time because we're not taught people just to be with Jesus and allow him to transform you. Today, you are fully loved in Jesus. My second point for us today is this. You are loved because Jesus is perfection, not your own. You are loved because of Jesus' perfection, not your own. Hopefully that freed somebody today. Hopefully you're understanding something. Let it sink in. It's not your perfection. It's Jesus's. That causes you to be fully loved. This is so important for us to get. Because if we think our acceptance into God's kingdom is based on our performance, we'll do one of two things. One, when we make mistakes, we push them down. We downplay them. We, we, we make our sin of little effect like it's not a big deal because we still want to put on the mask that we've got it together. So when we mess up, we don't address our mess ups. We don't address our sin. We don't address that hidden thing stuff that we're doing that no one else knows about because that's not a big deal, really. It's not a big deal. I'm still a good person. I still, I'm still going to church. I'm still performing. I'm still performing. And we downplay it because we still, still think it's up to us to perform for God. And so we won't actually address the deep-rooted sin in us that needs to be addressed and, and, and chains be broken off of us because our belief system has stopped us. It's crippled us from addressing the things that we think make us imperfect. Newsflash, we're imperfect. So might as well talk about it and get it out in the open. Anytime we keep things in the dark, the ruler of darkness rules over those things, not you. You're not in control of them. You keep things hidden, you're not in control. You bring them to light, yeah, maybe you look like a fool, maybe you're embarrassed, maybe you might be feeling some guilt for it, but at least it's in the light where God can heal it. Any wound that is festering and covered over still festers and never gets better. You open, expose the wound, it might be painful. The fresh air might be painful, it might burn, it might sting, but then healing begins to happen. And so we have to be people who say, no, it's not my perfection, it's not my performance, so I am able to talk about the junk that I've got in my life because I know the one who is able to set me free. I know the one who's able to redeem me and, and restore me and, and make me more like him. So I don't have to fake it until I make it because I've already made it in Christ Jesus. I have it. So if we don't fully understand his love, we will either respond that way or we'll respond the other way. We'll continue to live feeling defeated and unloved causing us to withdraw from God because we think he's angry at us because we just can never measure up. I'm trying, God. I'm trying. Where are you? Why don't you love me? Why don't you care for me? Why don't you hear me? Why do I feel like my prayers are hitting the ceiling? Where are you? I can't be perfect. I'm trying, and it's not measuring up. And then we get angry with God. And in our anger, we turn our back on him because we think he's already turned his back on us. And we say, I'm never going to make it, so might as well just go head on into my brokenness, into my addiction, into my pain, into my darkness. I might as well just give it all into it because I can't be free of it. Because I can't be perfect. 
and it's a lie. And we have people going around making excuses for their sin or just giving up and giving into it because they think they're trying to earn something from God. What we know about God and what we know about his love is so crucial about how we respond to him and how we live out our theology. Because if you think that you're going to earn something from God, you're going to respond in one of two ways. And both of them are incorrect. See, this cycle that we get caught in causes us to be uh, to, to live out a doomed life and a doomed existence because we can't fully grasp the love of God for us. We have to stop evaluating God's love based on our performance or our perfection and stop trying to earn his love or trying to be perfect. Instead, my challenge for us is to embrace the love he has for us, to learn to sit at his feet, learn to be with him and allow him to change us from the inside out. That's the, old, that's the only hope that we have, being with Jesus. Being with Jesus. So learn how to be with Jesus. See, the enemy knows that, that if you're with Jesus, you'll be like Jesus. So he'll throw you every distraction, every bone, everything that he can do, every uh, entertainment system, everything that he can do, the new video games, whatever it is, just to grab your attention and say, don't be with Jesus. Go do the other things. And then try to perform to be better. We continue a cycle. Break the cycle by being with Jesus. Learn to be with Jesus. Learn to sit at his feet, even with all your junk, even with all the thoughts that are tormenting you, everything that's still running through your head, bring it to Jesus. He's the only one that can set us free. My third point for us this morning, I forgot to put it down there, friends, but it's actually, that's my fourth point. I put one in this morning. So thank you. Third point, I want you to write this down. You are forgiven because of Jesus' sacrifice, not your own. You're forgiven because Jesus paid it all. Not your sacrifice. If I just do more for God, if I just, uh, if I just give more, if I just spend more time doing, maybe God will forgive me. Nope. His forgiveness is given to you by his sacrifice, not your own. Now, am I saying come to Jesus and stay as you are? Nope. How can we be in the presence of God and remain the same? We can't. We're transformed into his likeness by being in his presence. So I'm not saying just come to Jesus and whatever you want to do, whatever, we don't care. No, I'm saying come to Jesus just as you are, but don't come to Jesus and stay the same. We allow him to transform us. We allow him to change us. And we don't put a time frame on it. We let him do the work. He didn't say, I'll give you two months to make you fishers of men. He didn't say, I'll take you two years. He just said, I'll do it. So we trust his process. We trust his timing. My message for you this morning is to trust God in the process of what he's doing in your life and believe that he is transforming you into the image of his son because of the goodness of God and because of the goodness of his love. You don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to... Uh, uh, we don't have to... Uh, want to remain in, in the filth that we're in. We want to allow God to do our cleaning. There's so many people who say, I just, I start going to church, but I got to take care of some stuff first. I mean, I've, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had about that. Some of you have even said, ah, I just, there's some things I got to deal with first. Why? Bring all your junk to Jesus. Just bring it to him. I don't care if you've served Jesus for 50 years. You still got junk. How do I know? Because you're still breathing. Junk comes with every breath you take. 
So bring it to Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, friend, I want to challenge you to trust God in the process that he has you in. Now here's my fourth point, which says my third point. Your role is to be with him and learn how much he loves you. That's your goal. Just be close to Jesus. Don't try to be perfect. Don't try to live a life that you know you just try to fake it for a couple weeks and you try real hard. Following Jesus is not a diet plan, friend. That we try, oh, I'm trying. I can't have carbs. I just can't have them. Oh, I'm trying real hard, but that donut looks real good. Ooh. And it's in my effort that I try to control myself. No. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So you allow the Spirit of God to be, your job is to eat close to him. He'll develop the fruit in you. Trust the process. So I want you to say this with me. Will you say this with me? If you're a follower of Jesus, I want you to say this. Because of Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection, I am deeply loved. I am completely forgiven. I am fully pleasing. I am totally accepted and absolutely complete in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? It's the truth. It's the truth. In fact, I want you to remember this and write it down again. I'm going to say it again. Because some of you, have, it hasn't sunk in yet. You said it, but you're like, oh. Say it again. Because of Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection, I'm deeply loved. I'm completely forgiven. I'm fully pleasing. I'm totally accepted. I'm absolutely complete in Christ Jesus. Absolutely. 100% in Christ Jesus. Outside of Christ Jesus? No. In Christ? Yes. That's it. That's it. Now, as the worship team comes for a close this, this, this morning, I want to ask this question. If there's anybody in the house this morning and you haven't given your life to Jesus, if you haven't surrendered your life to him, today is your opportunity. Even if you followed Jesus for a while and you walked away and you've lived a life that is the most anti of Jesus, today is the day that he calls you back into the family of God. Today is your opportunity to say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you and trust your process. Maybe you're here this, this morning, you've been hurt. You've been in church before, but because of the wounds, because of the hurt, maybe because of your frustration, because maybe you thought it was based on your performance or your perfection. And you responded to God and said, I can't do it. I'll never measure up. I'll never, never have what it takes. And so you ran from him and you, you dove into the sin that he was setting you free from. Today, God is calling you. He's calling you to be a part of his family. He's calling you to break the chains by surrendering to Jesus. I want to give that opportunity now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just like the criminal on the cross, it's not based on your performance, your perfection. You simply need to recognize that you need a Savior, that there is no hope outside of Jesus, but in him you have life, and joy and freedom 
and peace, and you'll encounter the love of Jesus that he has for you that is unconditional love. This morning, if that's you, I'm going to ask you right now, where you're seated, just raise your hand so I can pray with you. Say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, just lift your hand so I can see it. Saying, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord's speaking. He's moving. We're going to give him time. Yes, God, speak to your people. Draw them close, Jesus. Draw them close, Jesus. We surrender. We surrender. We surrender. Only you can do it, God. Draw their hearts to you. God's tugging on someone else's heart. If he's, if he's moving on you, respond to him. That feeling your heart's beginning to pound, that's the Lord saying, surrender to me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you. We love you. If you raise your hand, would you stand to your feet so I can pray with you? Now that you're standing, would you come on down here? Would you, can we meet you down front? Can I have a few? Come down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can I have a couple of guys come up with me? This is Frankie. You're giving your life to Jesus today. Yes. Would you stretch your hands forward? Can you repeat these? Even if you didn't get up, there's still God, God's still touching someone's heart right now. Don't say no. Say yes to him. Repeat these words after me, Frank. Church, would you do it with me? Say, Jesus, I give you my life today. Thank you for your love. Thank you. I know that I don't I can't earn it. That I don't deserve it. But you freely give it to me. So today, I ask that you would save me, that you would set me free, that you would make me new in you. Help me to follow you. Help me to listen to you. And help me to obey your voice. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's pray over Frankie right now. In the name of Jesus. God, upon the confession of his faith in you, I pray you would fill him with your Holy Spirit and power. God, that you would create in him a clean heart, a new heart. In the mighty name of Jesus, every chain be broken off his life in the name of Jesus. We rebuke every tool and device and scheme of the enemy over his life. We pray, God, you would renew his mind now, Jesus, and transform him into the image of your son, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, wash over him like a fresh wash, a fresh wave, Jesus, of your spirit on him right now as he surrenders to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He belongs to you. Thank you, God. Seal it. Seal this word in his heart, God, in his confession of faith. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus.
Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, would you worship the Lord together? Come on, would you give it up for the Lord this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, would you stand to your feet? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We want to spend some time in worship at the end here, and I'm going to open up the altars because I believe that, like me, some of you have struggled with trying to earn something from God. Trying to get his attention and trying to be good and trying to do good and you've walked that cycle long enough maybe you're at the point of frustration and thinking maybe I just not cut out for this maybe I don't really maybe God's not real maybe I don't know what I believe anymore Jesus wants to come and restore you and pour out his love on you he wants to love on you and show you there are no conditions to his love. He just wants to be close and wants you to be close to him. Maybe you're like me and you just pushed your sin away. Maybe you were raised in the church your whole life like I was and I knew I had to be good and I had to do good so I didn't address the deep things in my heart that needed to be addressed. I just hid them. For years I just hid them because I thought I had to be good. I had to do right. And I lived in a cycle of performance for God. God wants to heal that in us. So you don't have to hide these things. I love you. And only I can set you free. Bring them to me. So I want to open up the altar. If you fall into those categories. Or maybe you just want prayer. Maybe you're just wanting Jesus to touch you. Maybe there's something in your life that you need a fresh touch from the Lord. I want to just open up the altars right now. I'm going to encourage our prayer team to come forward. But if you're on the prayer team and you want prayer, we'll pray for you too. Because we all need it. So just come down. We're going to, I feel the Spirit of God right now drawing the hearts of people. So if that's you, just step out of your seat right now. And then come encounter the love of Jesus in a powerful way. As the worship team comes and plays. Step out of your seat and let's see what the Lord will do to you this morning. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends and help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of Sutra,